Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, it's something we've talked about a lot, and this year twin starting pitchers are staying in games a lot longer. Last night, though, uh, you know, four innings for Sonny Gray, 79 pitches. The manager pulls him. You can see on TV he's ticked off about it. Uh, Talked about that situation a little bit yesterday with Gray and Baldelli. It has been very interesting. Last year, Gray was fairly vocal about saying that A, uh, starting pitchers should, should condition themselves, stay in games longer, and B, Baldelli should let them pitch deeper into games when they're pitching well. This year, it feels like a sea change. Baldelli went into the year saying, okay, we don't have Chris Archer, we don't have Dylan Bundy, we don't have these four-inning guys. It's time for the starting pitching to really uh, you know, stay in games, dominate games, uh, pitch a lot more innings. He really wanted to emphasize that, mm-hmm. and they ha- they do rank among the teams with the most innings by starting pitchers in the big leagues right now, and they have all year. Interestingly, Gray, who has been their best pitcher, the most efficient pitcher, uh, three of the last four starts, including last night, he's been pulled before 80 pitches, I believe. Mm-hmm. So there's some mystery there. You know, sometimes managers, sometimes nobody will talk about it, but the pitcher's a little sore or they're trying to preserve him. Uh, and the other times he got pulled, I thought he maybe got pulled a little early, but Sonny didn't really complain too much about it. Last night, he pitches four innings. He pitches very poorly mm-hmm. uh, and struggles, and Baldelli pulls him after four innings. So there are a lot of layers here. Number one, should he have pulled him? I would argue that I want Sonny Gray to go out there and, and give me at least one more inning. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, I just think I don't want the bullpen having to pitch five innings. It's the Detroit Tigers. You know, I mean, I, I Gray did not pitch well, but I would want him to go take that on. Um, Baldelli disagreed. I think Baldelli is like, hey, this guy's got to earn it. I don't want to burn him out if he's not pitching well. It's a long season. Um, I think Baldelli was being cautious. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand where he's coming from. Gray, uh, very emotional about it in the dugout, talked yeah. about it at length after the game. That is a new development here. Um, and it's going to be real. And, and I don't know if we should read anything into it. It might just be a moment, mm-hmm. but it, it's something to watch because Gray is a very important part of this team. Uh, Baldelli is, you know, I, I think Baldelli is full support of ownership and the front office. So I don't think there's like, you know, it's not like one player is going to get the manager fired or anything like that. But one, one player showing public displeasure is intriguing if it happened with more players. It'd be something we have to we have to to notice. Mm-hmm. I, I really think this is an instance where I think we've also seen Baldelli as his tenure has gone on. Remember, his first year they won 101 games. There was really nothing to complain about. Yep. Uh, as his tenure has gone on, you know he's come under much more fire from fans. Um, you know, no manager has full support of all 25 players in the clubhouse. It never works that way. Yeah. So it just it'll be interesting to see if there's any tension arising from this. Yeah, and, and he wasn't throwing strikes, but they weren't necessarily clocking him around either. You know, you, you can be effective that way. I watched a little bit of Dylan Cease pitch last night. He walked more batters than anybody last year and was second in Cy Young voting. Now, Gray's stuff not quite on the measure of Cease, but nonetheless, you know, he's got a warrior's heart. He's a bulldog out there. You have to be at 5'10 as a right-hander to be a starting pitcher. And uh, he, he he seemed to take it a little personally last night. Is it possible to lose a guy, to lose a starting pitcher as a manager if you keep doing that? I don't think so because it's in the pitcher's best interest to pitch as well as possible in every situation, mm-hmm. and it's in the pitcher's best interest to pitch in a way that makes the manager want to keep him in the game. So I don't, 
I don't see any real like negative performance arising from this. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that, you know, hey, Gray was lights out early in the season. Lately, he has not been his lights out, um, and Baldelli has been playing him earlier. So this might be a manager saying, hey, you want to pitch longer, pitch better. Mm-hmm. It might be his way of motivating Gray because Gray has not been as sharp lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, I don't, want to, I don't think there's any crisis uh, inherent in what's going on, but it is definitely something to watch. And, you know, Lopez, Pablo Lopez is a really laid-back dude. I don't see him. You know, buying into this Joe Ryan, I think, is a really laid-back dude. I don't know what his relationship I, I He and Baldelli talk about music a lot. I think they have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you have, you know, Ober just wants to pitch. Uh, Varlin just wants to pitch. Maeda just wants to have an opportunity to pitch. So I think Gray is in his own category as a guy who's a veteran, very fiery, um, wants to be able to put, pitch himself out of trouble, has – the kind of the tenure and the guts to actually pop off to his manager in public. Mm. I think he's in his own category. Mm. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, something to watch. But, you know, all it'll take is great to start pitching better, and then he'll be out there for 100 yeah. pitches. Uh, Donnie Barrels, uh, I guess is his nickname, Donovan Solano. He's just been a veteran traveling bat, you know, have bat, will travel. Uh, he's been around the league a little bit, but he's doing a good job for the Twins. It is remarkable. Uh, I don't think any of us really thought – they needed necessarily needed Michael Taylor or Donovan Solano or Willie Castro in February. Mm-hmm. And they went out and got him, and I thought, okay, that's nice. They have a little more depth, and it's just remarkable how important each has been. They obviously need Taylor as their center fielder. Uh, he's never going to hit for average, but he is hitting home runs, stealing bases, and playing good defense. Uh, Solano has had his slow moments, but he can hit, and he's hitting really well right now. And now they're, they're playing him all over the field, third, first, DH, what, second, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's frankly hitting better than I expected him to. Um, and he's hitting better the more he plays, which is really interesting. And then Castro's been, frankly, a better version of Nick Gordon. And Nick Gordon was really good for this team. Mm-hmm. So those three guys are all absolutely vital for this team. Right yeah. Now. Game two tonight of that series. A pair, not one, but a pair of record-setting rounds yesterday in the U.S. Open. It appears as though maybe the USGA got caught a little flat-footed with perhaps some unfamiliarity of the L.A. Country Club. They don't want 62s being shot, let alone two of them. They don't, and it's a, it's a tricky course, but it is also a course with uh, par threes you can attack, some short par fours you can really attack and, and, go, and have an eagle putt on. And it has wide fairways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's almost like a lynx course in that there's no water. Uh, if, it's, if the temperatures are mild, if the conditions are soft, people might go nuts. If the wind blows and the fairways and the greens dry out, it might be very difficult to play. They got caught with just soft conditions. They've had the marine layer. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's traveled to California a lot, especially Southern California, you know, if it stays cloudy all day, uh, the sun never really peeks through. And when the sun doesn't peek through, the fairways are soft. It's easier to hit the ball in the fairway. It's easier to stop the ball in the green. And there's really not anything else defending these greens right now. Mm-hmm. And it's also a very good putting. Uh, these are true, easy to putt, not that undulating greens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, listen, we might see a day this weekend where the scoring is very difficult. But I don't think it's going to happen today. Doesn't seem as though. They need it to be hot and dry and windy yep. to, to make the course show its teeth a little more. 
uh, certainly. Uh, you know, we, it's not long ago Jordan Spieth forgot how to play, and then he came back. Now we're seeing it with Ricky Fowler from 185 in the world last year to 45 now to a 62 at the U.S. Open. There was a time Fowler's one of only four guys to have a year in which he finished in the top five at all four majors. The others yep. are are extremely well-known names, Tiger and Jack, and the third one escapes me right now. But, uh, boy, he looks to be back on his game. He does. He looks great. And, you know, I've always thought that Butch Harmon and all the, the teaching gurus had the best handle on, like, just how to keep things simple and how to help your guy in a very simple way. And he seems to have gotten through to Ricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky complete, Ricky's gone through a complete swing change. He's always been a really good putter. Uh, he's always had composure. And, you know, I think, once, I think the hardest part of golf is having that mentality, you know, the mentality that allows you to go low, that allows you to contend week after week. Uh, and I think that's in him. I think he has the right kind of heart. Uh, and now that he's gotten his, his technique ironed out, we're seeing the old Ricky Fowler again. Yeah, Jordan Spieth was uh, that other guy I was trying to yep. think of. Uh, so, you know, even though the course played a little softer and you would think that would bring more lesser-known guys into play, still a pretty powerhouse uh, leaderboard after day one, though, as, they, as we're talking here about uh, uh, 20 minutes until 1 o'clock uh, on the second round, but lots of big names at the top. Yes, uh, Fowler's a great story. Shoffley is probably the best player to never have won a major, and mm-hmm. he looks great and looks very comfortable in this. You know, he's a Southern California kid. He looks very comfortable there. Nicholson played well. Um, Scheffler, once again, Scheffler hits the snot out of the ball. Yes. Uh, has, you know, he just uh, he can he can work it both ways. He hits it a mile. He's high, uh, and he missed a putt, an easy putt on 18, and. You know, we're talking here mid-afternoon. I don't know what his round's going to end up looking like. Yeah. But, boy, he not only gave away a stroke on the 18th, but he had to sleep on a bad putt after a year of bad putting. It's going to be really interesting to see how he responds to that. Who, who comes out in the end? Who's, who's uh, taking the, uh, the, the, the cup come on, on Sunday night? Well, uh, going in, I would have picked Scheffler because mm-hmm. I think this sets up beautifully for him. If he just putts average, I think he, he has a chance to prove that he's the best player. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, after round one, I might hedge and say this might be Shoffley's week. I just think this course, uh, these conditions, uh, the fact that he is still one of the best players in the world, but he's not really picked by anybody. He's getting to fly a little bit under the radar. He's off to to an early lead. I think he has a better chance of maintaining than Fowler does. I'm going to say – I'm going to say Shoffley. I know, one, you know a lot of the TV people thought that the way Dustin Johnson played kind of eased his way to like a 64, mm-hmm. that he's the right guy. But I, I never trust Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.